Ladies and gentlemen, we're back. Yes, it's been since June that Ken and I have been. We talk a lot. Yeah. We just don't record it and put it on the internet. Like we talk well, on the internet. You know, I know the, the Groundhog Day thing has been beaten to death. Yes. Uh, I think it, it, it still is a continuation of March 18th when we physically closed yeah. the libraries for the first time. And unlike, you know, Bill Murray and Groundhog Day, I don't ever seem to learn anything <laughs> new and proficiently. I just yeah. seem to get through the, the next version of the same day. So Exactly. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's weird. I was thinking today that, you know, um, well, it keeps occurring to me that, like, I see a bus go by and I think, I haven't been on a bus since early March. <laughs> like, it just hasn't occurred because, you know, doing everything from sitting right here and uh, yeah. that kind of thing. And it's, I'm still having the thing where I think, oh, God, I got a class in, in, in 20 minutes. Oh, right. It's 10 meters away. I'll be fine. I just, I just have to sit down. <laughs> yeah. It's really not that long. The commute's short. Yeah, but yeah, it's uh, it's weird, and uh, yes, it's of course uh, November the third, twenty twenty, and this is the day of the U.S. election. Yep. So if you're in the future and you're listening to this, if you could let us know how this turns out, that would be great. Sometime <laughs> yeah. during the next hour. Yeah. How's how's it working out in your timeline? Uh, yeah, I, I keep dropping that into uh, lectures and recording for next term. It's like, have they figured that out yet? Because of course we don't know what's going to happen. Is it going to be in? late tonight is it going to be early tomorrow morning is it going to be the middle of next month i i i i, I, I don't know i'll tell you what my gut is but i won't because i don't want to jinx it i don't want to you know screw it up from a, a, a with the, the thing atop the, the the thing as toby ziegler would say on uh west wing i, I don't want to jinx it so um but we have we've done we did one in 2008 yeah where i actually predicted electoral votes and everything um, that was back before people knew about 538 and I was the only one reading 538. So it seemed like I was magic, but it just turned out I was reading in silver. We did one in 2012, mm -hmm. uh, that was entitled four more beers, if I remember correctly for the title. And I don't know that we did one in 2016. I don't think we did because we had, we did some Canadian stuff. Yeah, we, we didn't did. do another American one. I don't think. Yeah, because the States is scary, and um, what's happened in the last four years is weird. <laughs> so, so I mean, yeah, well, I think yeah. 2016 has burnt many, many people uh, for a variety of reasons. <laughs> yeah, it, it, was, it was shocking. It was one of those yeah. things that you're reminded that a 20% chance means one in five. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's what, that's what 538 had, and that's why it ended up, you know, not why it ended up, but I mean, it's, it's, it's not a surprising result if it's one in five, right? Well, 538 said, what, today, that it's a one in ten? One in ten. For Trump. So yes. it's like the same chance of walking outside in L.A. and it being raining because there's 36 right. rain days per year. So it uh, can yes. entirely happen. A uh, question to Tom Merritt. Tom, is it raining? Please tell me it's not raining. Um, yeah, please. Uh, yeah, so today we thought we'd talk about the transfer of power, democratic norms, just for no other reason than why not. Yeah, and there's no no connection at all. No, no, this is completely serendipitous. So yeah, um, and of course there's all kinds of stuff like this in, in in history, of course, obviously, and there's all kinds of stuff in science fiction. And those are our two. I don't know if I, I will use the term bailiwicks. Yes, it's, it's not a term I use often, uh, but yeah, I, I, that's where we live. And I don't know. I to me, the first thing that comes across. Well, actually, you, 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 we have a shared Google Doc. Yes, again, we prepared. Um, and uh, yeah. yeah, and 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 Ken, uh, the first one that he had was 
the transition uh, in the Klingon Empire and Picard maintaining the norms, right? That's right. He's chosen as sort of the arbiter to, of the succession. Of course, it's not an it's an empire, but it has no emperor, right? So sure, they have a chancellor, high chancellor. Yes, and uh, so there is a procedure for deciding amongst the factions and improving your worth and all of that. But they've gotten to the point where no one trusts that system, so they call in a human. Yes, who then has to to learn. Uh, Klingon and deliver it in Shakespearean, Centaurian yes. fashion. And it's, which is I think it's called the Chadich, is that right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it's, it's fantastic. Oh, yeah. And it's just an awesome opportunity for great Worf Picard episodes. Exactly. And I mean, I, I, I like when they used to do things about the internal politics of... Yeah other cultures they never really touched enough i to me at least on the on the on the politics of the federation really there was yeah. a little bit in, in enterprise about the beginning of it yeah and there was a president of the federation if you remember the guy in star trek the uh the voyage home he was a guy with, with a mullet um right. it's a white mullet isn't that red foreman i don't know that's a good guess. It I could think be. It's Red Foreman from '70s, and he's got like he's got like blue blue eyes. I think it is the way he's done up. He's got like white hair as a mullet. Yeah. He's got a, a giant sort of Fu Manchu mustache thing going on. Yeah, I think he's a Delton, right? The people that yeah. with the the shaved head woman in Star Trek: The Motion Picture. Yes. I yeah. Think, yeah. I, I think it's Red Foreman. Yeah. Red Foreman's president of the Federation. Yeah. So like, how, how does that work? Is there a is it a, is is there a vote? Is there is there an electoral college? Like Earth gets this many votes and Vulcan gets this many votes? It's not touched upon. Maybe it is. If someone knows, maybe it is in the books. But you know, yeah, I'm not sure, but. I wish they would have talked more about it because they did talk vaguely about the, the Klingon has the high, Klingons have the high council and the chancellor. Yep. The Romulans have a senate. It. And but again, it's much like a Roman senate where it's not really a democracy. No. no. It's it's advise and we'll do whatever yep. you want us to. <laughs> yeah. Um and we the dominion is well, just that, basically yeah. 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 run by the founders. She, yeah, yeah. That um, there's pretty much decided that, but you know, the people, the solids, pretty much can't run themselves. So they've invented a, a race of people to be there. The Vorta. And yes, to to either be their soldiers or their diplomats, and they're sort of all genetically engineered to do specific jobs. Yeah, yeah. So I and, don't know. You know. Yeah, yeah. Like there's, I mean, I think Star Trek was better on. Um, the origins of the Federation and the yes. end of the creation of United Earth. Of course, Star Trek. Um, oh, oh my goodness! The the best one of the Next Generation movies. Um, first Contact. First Contact, of course, with Zephyr Cochran, mm-hmm. and them talking about the statue, and of course the you know the stuff with uh, Khan. You know, sort of gives you a good sense of the way things were unfolding. And then Discovery revisited that with the, the humans transported to Terralysium at yeah. the end of the Third World War. And this is just before, you know, we get, become more capable. Uh, we invented technology that is so all-encompassing and f- progressive that it somehow advances the political system in ways that are not really explained. Yeah. In the television shows or movies. Yeah, exactly. Expanded universe. There's a colleague at work here at Queens who runs Memory Alpha or helps to run Memory Alpha okay. who 
probably be able to answer all those questions. But <laughs> have I to have ask him. That yeah. Um, once once you can actually see him face to face, maybe you can ask him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I think that you know it's like along with the Star Trek economics. One of what, that. How could that work? One of the things that I've heard people say is you know because of these devastating wars, there weren't that many people left on Earth. Mm. So because of that, it was easy or to build a utopia quickly because instead of there being 8, 10, 12 billion people, maybe there were only a billion people left. Right. I, I don't know that I buy that. I'm, I'm just saying I've, I've heard that recently as a, as a, as a theory. Um, and in Discovery, of course, just this season, um, yes. the burn has caused the collapse of, uh, I hope the burn isn't from Burnham. No, oh, jeez. I hope not. <laughs> Not everything can be tied to Michael Burnham. I hope not. All I'm saying is I hope not. The fulcrum of the Star Trek universe. Yeah, and then so Starfleet gets asked to actually leave. Yeah, um, it, they don't, Earth doesn't want the trouble. Yeah, and it looks like they've become all isolationist. Yeah. Um, that's yeah, very much almost like the... Um, oh, when um, when Q was putting Picard through through the, uh, the ropes of the Next Generation, you saw the guards wearing a very... I don't know, totalitarian style of uniform. Yes. And the uniform for the United Earth officer was very much yes. similar to that in sort of the visual language of it. Yeah, it's true. You know, I mean, they're wearing this sort of, they look like uh, thugs, right? I mean, they look like they're, they're enforcers, those guys. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 There's nothing bright and friendly and no. there's no... Let, let, come talk to me, and I, we can learn more about each other in in the sh in the design of those uniforms. No, no, they're they're meant to intimidate. Exactly. Um, I mean, they're not as intimidating as you know the stuff that. Uh, who designed the Gestapo uniforms again? Uh, oh, I, yeah. Uh, fashion designer is it? Oh, who is it? I, I'm actually going to Google this right now. I can't believe I'm doing this, but who designed? Well, no, the Nazis consulted, you know, Ferdinand Porsche too. For yes, there's a there's a version, a prototype of the tiger. Hugo Boss. Hugo Boss, of course. Um, but there's a prototype for the tiger tank where the um, the turret's designed by Porsche. Yeah, it's not used, but it, it appears in World of Tanks video game. Right. It's an alternate version you can unlock. Well, I mean, of course, all those all those companies were doing things yeah. for. Germany well, uh, during the war because they were German companies uh, and I think they were also a lot of them doing it very enthusiastically just saying um, <laughs> one of the things that you know I, I think that and this sort of fits with the election today is that you know strong men authoritarians mm -hmm. we tend to think that they take power and they don't usually take power it's usually handed to them and then there's a lot of people just doing things they think that that person wants done and it generally yeah. conforms to the general you know tone yes. of, of things that are actually you know stated but there's a lot of unsaid stuff that just gets done because people think hey this 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 flips my switch and it's for the greater good yes. and uh there's a win-win scenario for them yeah it's like it's it they used to call it uh, in germany it's like a work it's not working working yeah, it's like that, working towards the Fuhrer. Towards the Fuhrer, yeah. So, you know, people do things that they were never maybe asked to do, mm -hmm. um, but it's clear that that's what he wants you to do. Uh, and these kind of things happen. Like like I said, that, you know, a lot of times authoritarians are are handed power. 
You know, mm. Julius Caesar was made a dictator. Um, it's, and people, yeah, it's people, an entirely legal vote after they won a, a totally illegal civil war. <laughs> that's right. Um, <laughs> well, which often happens, right? It's, it's yeah. like it's so often you see in history where, you know, um, someone, I mean, even in a case where let's think of, of Belarus right now. Yeah. yeah. Let's say that the government is kicked out. And that I hope yeah. so, because that seems like a pretty bad, it's a pretty bad guy. Um, if they have another election, that's almost certainly extra constitutional to do that. Yeah. Right? And that very but, often yeah. happens, right? But morally and ethically, probably the right thing to of do. Of course it is. Of very course much it is. Like, you know, Babylon 5 seceding. Exactly. Which is totally illegal. Yeah. But then, you know, but it's the right thing, right thing to do. And then you have, of course, you know, President Clark seceding, but legally but through an illegal assassination that's right so i mean so and these, these like exactly yeah. yeah and 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 like in fact i was watching um b5 today uh and uh, uh near the end of season four and in fact we're almost at the po point where sheridan arrives and says you know we're here to place president clark under arrest and i kind of feel like i hope john sheridan would show up tonight uh, but uh yeah. um and one of the uh Things that oh, what's the name of the character? Uh, Edgar's the guy who runs the corporation on Mars in the in, in the show um, that that Michael Garibaldi works for for a while there. Yeah. He he actually makes this point. He says maybe I'll clip that out and I'll throw it in right at the end of the episode because it's a really nice speech, mm -hmm. uh, and it's the idea of you know how many people actually were in the Nazi Party, how many people were actually in the Communist Party of the Soviet Union, how many people were in the and then he says the jihadist party because of course they have to invent a future thing, um, and he says you know people hand them power, right. And this is what happens so often is that it's not that power gets is 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 it does you know there are there are coups there are putches as they say you know that that does happen but very often people come to power in entirely legal ways you know Hitler well people will say Hitler didn't win an election no the Nazi Party won that election now there was intimidation and all kinds of other things but they didn't win all the, the majority of the votes but. No, that's not how that system worked. The Weimar parliamentary system didn't work that way. It was proportional representation, and they were asked to form a government. Mm -hmm. um, now, then, obviously, you know, he does stuff that's extra constitutional. Uh, he yeah. merges the, uh, the the chancellor and the presidency, um, yeah. and he also abolishes the uh, Reichsenat. And he said he wouldn't do that. The enabling act says, "Don't do that." I will never yeah. do that. And he actually didn't. He did it. Uh, there is a lawyer who tried to take it to the Supreme Court of Germany. Didn't work out for him. No. <laughs> that's that's a gutsy move, though. But, you know, it's like, fine, I'll, I'll sue you, Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Aren't you little? Aren't yeah. you little? <laughs> exactly. Maybe would have tried that a little earlier. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you get this thing where, you know, the, the transfer of power or the, the idea of norms... Um, happens throughout science fiction, happens throughout history, and a lot of times these things, are, they're norms. They aren't. Like the idea of, of conceding, mm -hmm. right? Hmm. Trump has said he won't concede. Like, we know he won't concede. Even if he loses, he won't, he, will, he won't call Joe Biden and say, congratulations, Joe. He'll always leave it ambiguous. Like, there'll always be something in it. Well, many people say I actually won. It's like, uh oh, <laughs> stop. Well, there's 340 million Americans. I'm sure many people have said that. Well, that, that that's fair. Just... Not enough to change the result of the election, yeah. potentially. Yeah, we hope. Uh, yeah, so I mean, this is the, it, it's become a norm that 
presidents that, in here, prime ministers, um, you call the other person and say, okay, you won. Yeah, congratulations. Congratulations. I hope yeah. everything works out for you. Uh, I'll, I'll have my people talk to your people in the morning and we'll set up a transition kind of thing. Yeah. Um, it also makes me wonder about any possible just a transition team. How's that even going to work? Because I don't think there's going to be, assuming Biden wins, Mm-hmm. There's not going to be any, uh, I wouldn't think, a whole lot of cooperation between the people in the West Wing and uh, a transition team from the Democrats. That's one government I could see just walking out with everything that wasn't nailed down and like the Biden team showing up on inauguration day and just finding the place empty. Yeah, like, you know, like, like, like baby Doc Duvalier, you know? <laughs> it's, just, it's just, there's nothing. There's nothing. They're all walking out with like, uh, uh, statues and yeah. <laughs> copies of uh you know like portraits of george washington they're just stealing just blatantly stealing stuff wouldn't i'm saying you know at this point nothing would surprise me <laughs> well the bingo card i think everyone has had for 2020 is really just it's become like you know like this giant fold out like you just keep and you have to keep adding things into the margins like it's i know like every day it's sort of like oh that's something i wouldn't have thought of <laughs> For this year, in end in my lifetime. Yeah, I know. You know, did you ever think that there would be a case where in 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 a proper Western liberal democracy, where one political party would sue to get 120,000 votes thrown out? Like, and that's what happened, of course, is the GOP in Texas. Now they lost, which, yep. thank you. Surprising. Yeah, I, I'm surprised that that federal judge said no, because I... I, I I have very little faith. I was talking to Isabel about this today, and I mean, it's also just so weird that, like, well, he's a Republican judge. What do you mean he's a Republican judge? What is that? How is that a thing? Yeah, I know. <laughs> it just, like, again, it's it's like the, you know, the blue state, red state thing. It says at the end of the day, everyone should be a member of the same country, right? Yeah. But, I, like, this whole, like, the party is becoming more important than the country and i think that's why it was a bit surprising to see that that decision on the, the curbside voting in texas yeah. just because there used to be an expectation i think regardless of your party and it's not always obviously but generally speaking there's that norm there's that decorum where mm-hmm. okay this is just you know this isn't political right like this we don't politicize certain things because there's a higher principle involved with making sure that you know people can vote or or whatever and if 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 the state has agreed like a lot of these are challenges to things that Mm. the state in question has been okay with up to like right now (laughs) and then suddenly one part one political party in the state is not okay with that like everyone was fine until they felt like they might lose and then what you get is a lot of hand waving where i think jackie and i were talking about this where like one hand's waving over here going oh there's all this potential for corruption and mail and voting and stuff but really what's going on over with the other hand is like but in the meantime we've got a lot what's really going to sort of influence or corrupt the vote is not the voting itself it's all these challenges yeah. to the voting off over here we've got everyone all worked up over here about ballots in the river or whatever <laughs> and you know and it's just it's just a it's a giant distraction to have people not pay attention to the real mechanics of of planned you know, suppression, which is not unlike having one ballot drop off in the middle of the state. Yeah. Suddenly <laughs> changing all the rules. And yeah. like, it's like a sped up version of gerrymandering, right? Which yeah. 
has happened, you know, for hundreds of years because, you know, a lot of how things are redistricted are depends on who's in power at a certain point in time. Yes. And it's not a system that's quite like ours where we have elections, Canada, elections, Ontario, which mm-hmm. are presumed to be somewhat nonpartisan yeah. and at arm's length. Yeah. And, you know, any kind of districting is always going to be problematic. Um, but, like, there's, I think there's much more intentionality around yeah. making sure it's problematic. Yes. As opposed to trying to, like, make it somehow objectively better. No, and that's exactly the, the case. I mean, to me, it just seems it's so foreign. And I'm not trying to say we're, this is everything's better here, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But this is better here. Um, and that's that, you know, we don't. There's nothing political about. Is it political? It's a political decision. But yeah. I don't know the politics of. In fact, I don't even know who the chair of Elections Canada is. Usually you find out during an election because they start doing ads and the person's yeah. name is there. But about how to register to vote if you haven't registered. And that's very difficult in Canada. You just take a box on your, on your uh, taxes. It's so hard to register to vote. Um, and it's, it's just so weird to me that you get to draw the lines, right? I have never, like, where I live now, where you used to live, the, the writing of Sault Ste. Marie, I look at it and go, well, yeah, it's the city. Okay, that makes sense because, you know, we got about that many people. Okay, that's fine. Like, I've never looked and went, oh, why does it just go up like this and then like this and yeah. like that? It's several right-handed, you know, 90-degree turns. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's very strange. And the other thing, I mean, I was talking today on Twitter about wait times, and I, I happily got a lot of responses from Americans saying that they haven't had a lot of wait. Uh, yeah. uh, I, I also I promised to mention Tom and to mention Scott Johnson because, you know, They've never been mentioned on podcasts before. Um, so I, I <laughs> thanks guys. But yeah, most people, most people were saying that they didn't have a lot of weight typically because they vote in advance. Um, also, I think my Twitter feed probably skews pretty white and pretty educated. So there's that. Mm. Um, I think that plays a role. But I did have some people say they waited really long today. One guy said he waited uh, two hours. Uh, David Auger, who's a, Montreal Canadiens podcaster uh, does, and and I told him they were clearly in in upstate New York trying to suppress the Habs fan votes. Uh, (laughs) Obviously, that's going on. Large uh, left-leaning constituency. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. So yeah, I I don't know. I that thing looking at the wait wait times. um, I have seen these these long lines. I you see it here. You don't see it often. Um, It's big news when it happens here. Um, It's funny. What hasn't come up is like. One trope that's often used in science fiction is the idea of the instantaneous vote, right? The, uh, everything is a everything is a, a referendum, like and it's immediate because we have technology, we can do that. And yet, you know, and that used to be, I think, a big deal. People talking about that ten, fifteen years ago, yep. like everything should be this, and we've got the technology to do it. And now it's like no one wants to even go there. It's like you know, based on my own consumption of the news and stuff, I don't see this popping up a lot. No. If anything, I look at, like, in Kingston, um, they voted, the municipality voted to have, uh, like, ranked balloting. So sure. like, you do the whole runoff thing, right? And and they did that for the last uh, a municipal election. And then the government of Ontario and the most recent omnibus bill snuck in a little 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 uh, addendum that basically said that municipalities you know couldn't couldn't alter the form of elections 
Yeah, and it's, this is one of those things. It, it really, seems so yeah. retrogressive. Well, of course, uh, which I believe it's the, the retrogressive conservatives actually run Ontario right now. I think that's the name of the party. Uh, and I mean, it is just so odd. The funny thing is, you know, a lot of times like a conservative party might think in Canada, uh, they can't, they could never win with ranked balloting. Yeah. Um, but they wanted to go for the referenda thing, pretty hardcore for a while there, especially like the reform party in that. Yes. I mean, would... the funny thing is when it does happen, um, the first time there was uh, uh, ranked balloting in a provincial election in Canada, and I'm, tr- I'm just doing this from memory, I believe was in BC, uh, and this was, uh, and it might have, or it might have been Saskatchewan, it was somewhere out west, and this was back in the 30s, uh, and they brought it in because they thought no one was going to vote, that would keep the socialists out, that was the yeah. idea, and it yeah. turned out it didn't. <laughs> But, I mean, all pundits, everybody thought, this is a good idea, this will keep the Reds out. (laughs) And it turned out, in fact, it didn't, so they got rid of it the next election. So, I mean, we don't know that it's going to be that way, right? I mean, while right now, most people, I think, in Canada who vote liberal, their second choice is NDP, and most people who vote NDP, their second choice is liberal, most. I could see if the conservatives weren't, didn't have as much of a, I don't know, what's the technical term, a batshit crazy wing, that... You know, some liberals would go, federally, would go, hmm, well, and let's say the, the NDP had a really bad leader or something like that, or had some craziness. Say, ah, you know, I think maybe I'll make that my second choice. I don't so we don't know how it's always going to turn out. Mm. So I, I just, it, it bugs me that that's always the, the notion that, the, that politics will always work the same way forever. You know, um, after 19, you know, after, after uh, uh, Nixon resigned in 1974, uh, August 8th, 1974, if memory serves, um, he people thought the Republicans be dead. Yeah. And they were dead for six years. Yeah. And then Reagan, like, won massively. Like, yes. What do you have, a 17% lead in the polls going into the election? It was huge. Yeah. I mean, he ended, well, he ended up winning... Every state but, well, in the second one, every state but uh, D.C. and Minnesota, because that's where Walter Mondale's from, which is, like, bizarre, right? Um, you're never going to see that again in the near future anyway. I mean, you might someday, though, you know, like I just said, th- these things do happen. Um, who thought that Texas might be competitive this year? And it yeah. looks like it might be. Yeah. Um, that would be wild, right? Um, people have often said that it will eventually, you know, but people, I think, were figuring 2028, <laughs> not, not not 2020. And, you know, th- thinking about Nixon, Nixon does the, the honorable thing that year. He, <laughs> for a change, um, he resigns and he resigns because he's caught red-handed, basically. Um, yeah. He couches it in, I can't do any more legislating because I've lost the Congress. He basically says, I've lost a vote of confidence of the House. He almost uses a parliamentary kind of argument um, rather than saying that, well, you know, I did that break-in. Um, <laughs> I'm he, a criminal. I, I'm actually, a, remember when I said I'm not a crook? Well, I actually am one. But at least, I mean, he even had the respect for a th- the, the institutions, I think. Well, I, mean, I think there were enough senior Republicans after they, you know, they, they, yeah. uh, they really got, you know, sufficient evidence for them to say, okay, and then go to him and say, look, we can't. Yeah. Like, I think they're, he's surprisingly resilient up to a point. 
and then the senior leadership in the Republican Party had, you know, with the, you know, his own attorney general and stuff, you know, like it was too much. But yeah. I think we're at a point now where it doesn't matter. Anyway, I know. I think, you know, you could shoot someone in the middle of I know. Broadway. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 you know, it would, I don't know how much, you know, effect it would have. And, you know, again, it speaks to this whole idea of the, I guess, the decorum, dignity, higher principle thing that works with transfers of power and stuff. Like, there are forms at the very minimum that have to be observed in order to make things um, work. Yeah. And now it's just like, when you can't get someone to say, oh, well, obviously, if I lost, I would, you know, conceive. Yeah. You know, I, I have to get there first, but if, you know, clearly I've lost, I will not, not cause a, an issue. Um, you know, historically, I was thinking the other night about even within parties. So when McKinley was assassinated, mm-hmm. you know, the senior Republicans at the time had kicked Teddy Roosevelt up in the VP slot basically to, you know, so he wouldn't have anything to do. And now he's next in line, you, you know, there's real serious chance people like Mark Hanna, who loved McKinley, mm-hmm. really organized the Republican Party, could have, you know, spiked the whole thing. But, like, they didn't, right? They, they said, okay, this is this is the guy we have as VP. And, and Roosevelt, respecting decorum, said, went to his cabinet and said, like, I need all of you to stay. Right. Like, we cannot start this thing off with all of you going. Right? And yeah. I, where we are now, like, we have so many, you know, acting and interim people and all the adults that were supposedly adults have long since been banished and humiliated and, and had, if they had good public reputations, they've been largely ruined. You know, some of these guys, like H.R. McMaster and that, I'm like, yeah. who, like you know, he's got a book on, like, who who gives a flying <laughs> fuck? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I wrote, you wrote your your main book about dereliction of duty and the U.S. military's lack of ethical leadership during Vietnam, and then you just just you know you eat the biggest pile of poop in public. Yeah, and and now you want to you want to write about you know your life of service, which I'm sure is true. Sure. But like you know, all of these people, like you know, James Mattis is supposed to be. Yeah, I mean, I, that's the one I like. Like, who cares? Oh, I think, I think about Mattis, right? Because you think about, um, uh, they, you know, they all called him Mad Dog, but I mean, he, he liked the name Chaos, yeah. uh, and that was his call sign on the radio. I know that from the TV show Generation Kill. Uh, and, you know, he was this really, I mean, yeah. he, he ran, you know, really good general, uh, tactician, uh, uh, excellent with strategy. Uh, good with... Good with- the everyday marine like and also was, yes and he was he was respected by the lance corporals and the, and the privates and all that you know all the way up to the the colonels and everybody so he was thought of as this marines marine uh he's this great guy and i had this i i i guess the notion that we all had many of us had which is obviously at this point naive was that he, first of all he did this i'm sure as a well i've been asked to do this by the president so i do of it. course yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, uh, that's just that's how it works. Yeah. And I had this idea that he would be that he would last about two weeks and go, I'm sorry, this guy's a big, big this is bullshit. Um, yeah. He lasted longer than that. Who knows what he stopped, by the way? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, he may have. I mean, today it was leaked that the uh, Joint Chiefs had a meeting with news anchors telling them they wouldn't be involved in the transfer of power 
That shouldn't have to be something they do. No, it shouldn't be. Yeah, they should not have to say that. You know, like, yeah. there's a long tradition with the U.S. military of not being involved with politics. Like, George Marshall did not vote in an election yeah. until he was out of the military. <laughs> Oh, yeah, and that was a very common thing among uh, yeah. not just senior officers in the U.S. military. It used to be a very common thing in the U.S. military was just officers didn't vote because it was like, yeah, we shouldn't because that's you sh we, we No, no, we should have no say in this whatsoever. Uh, it's like yeah. how if you remember it used to be in Canada that judges weren't allowed to vote. Remember that? Yes. Yeah, up until yeah. 84, maybe. Something like that. Uh, so, yeah, we the, these norms were there and they're, they've basically all been, well, who knows what happens? Maybe if things go tonight, as I hope they do, <laughs> um, we end up going back to some of those norms. But I would imagine it's very tempting for some Democrats to go, you know what? <laughs> Fuck you. Well, if, if not for them, then for someone else at some other point, like, I, exactly. I, I can't, you know, I, I wonder what um, the Republican Party might spit up next yeah. if. If it isn't a Trump, if it's a, a Trump child or something like that, yeah. or there was the whole you know leader. I mean, and if they win tonight, I mean, it'll be like all these quasi threats about getting rid of people. I'm sure will come to pass. Yeah, I, I am now. I'll tell you, after 2016, I was like, come on, let's not be alarmist. He's yep. he's an incompetent do a boob, but there's a whole civil service there. But it doesn't actually work that way as much in the States. Almost everything's a political appointee. So there aren't as many lifetime civil servants. There are people like that at state, but not in senior positions. And, you know, they don't have the, the deputy ministers like we have here, you know? No. But, like, there is enough of a senior civil service that, I mean, you know, historically there was a big civil service reform movement. So it, it wasn't as bad as it yeah. could have remained. But to, like, I, I cannot, like, I actually have to, like, say out loud when I see one of these tweets, I'm like, this is actually the president of the United States saying this. Like, to go after people in the government. Um, uh, Dr. Fauci. Yeah, like, just pick one. lives you can ruin by just saying anything about them on your Twitter. Like, the, the, like just, I, yeah, I can't even yeah, fathom most of the time the messaging that that's going out. Cause if I tweeted about someone who I don't know, reported to me in some fashion on a daily basis about how much they sucked at their job yeah. or whatever, many people say that they suck at their job. Like I would be fired. Yeah. I mean, you know, tenure wouldn't protect me if, yeah. if, if I, if I said, uh, I don't know. I just actually saw a reply to my uh, post from today and our the vice president uh, academic and research at Algoma, Donna Rogers, says her husband, who's from Kansas, uh, usually waited about half an hour. So there's some more data. But I mean, if, if I started saying many people are saying Donna Rogers is incompetent. If I started saying that I get in it, I would first of all, there'd be a series of conversations <laughs> very quickly. Uh, at the end of the day, it would be do that again. And goodbye. <laughs> and rightfully so, by the way. Um, yeah. so it's, it's one you of these, can't do yeah. that. no, it's just and like, we always say that, you know, leadership should lead by example. Yeah. I mean, if you've got the highest position in a country, yeah. um, but you know, it, we, you know, this, this, this shows up in science fiction. It yep. shows up in history. It's like when the person at the top or the people at the top behave the worst, then it just encourages until it almost needs a, a course correction, I feel like mm -hmm. 
I don't overstate it because, of course, when you're in the moment, everything feels yes. has a certain amount of urgency. But it does feel like you know everyone is on their on pins and needles watching tonight, whether they're an American or not. Yes, and there's a sort of energy that sort of reminds me of historical events, like like Nixon, mm-hmm. uh, like the '91 coup attempt, a coup attempt in the Soviet Union. Yeah, I mean that would. Like that, yeah. the whole, you know, May 1958 crisis with De Gaulle and then the Algiers push. Like, there's people feel it. Like, it's almost like this mass organic thing, right? When the people are like, okay, something's up. Like, something's going to happen here. And we don't know what. Yeah. And I mean, gonna... and, we, and in the background, you've got social media basically amplifying, yes. you know, oh, bullshit. Yeah. Um, and abrogating a lot of the responsibility. I think Twitter's been a little bit better than Facebook, but that does that's, you know, not that's a low fucking bar. <laughs> so, I mean, this is part of the issue is that I think the big difference between this I mean, I'll use the word crisis of 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 American democracy. Uh and other times like Nixon. I remember my in fact, I remember my mother just as an aside saying to me when Nixon resigned because um, I was a weird little boy, so I was very interested in stuff like this. I mean, I remember what we had for dinner that night. Um, it's burned into my memory. And that's because I followed it. I watched the Watergate hearings. Uh, my, all my friends were like, why aren't the cartoons on? It's like, this is better, man. Um, <laughs> but I remember my mother saying, you know, America's a pretty amazing country because that would have torn a lot, of, a lot of lesser countries apart. And I remember her saying that. And I bet my mother wouldn't say that today. <laughs> um, but I wonder what would have happened if, you know, if we had social media back then um i don't know what we'd be reading it on but uh you know cassette players i don't know how that would work eight track uh you just record your thoughts and distribute eight tracks to people but you know who knows because you know with nixon's group being so good at quote rat fucking um you wonder if he could have weathered the storm right if if could he have because i mean 30 percent of people were still supporting nixon yeah, he just wasn't willing to push the all I need is the 30%. There was still the idea that I need to carry yeah. the middle, right? That middle of people that can be swayed. Yes. You need to be able to, to at least appear to be um, supported by a majority yeah. of, of the country. And and when you – I remember the Canadian example of that. Bastard Michael Bryant was running for election Ontario for the McGinty Liberals. His tactic was he, he. This is something you could see coming in the 2000s uh, more and more, and the, the Trump Republicans are sort of exemplify it. But Michael Bryant would go around to neighborhoods in 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 Toronto, mm-hmm. and he um, knock on the door and say, "Hi, I'm Michael Bryant. I'm here to. I'm going to get um, you know rid of uh, Ernie Eves or whatever." Mm-hmm. And uh, in the in the conservative party, and um, if if person said no, no, I'm not interested. Or like any kind of hesitation, he didn't spend any energy on them. Right. He was only interested in making sure he identified those liberal households. Yes. In his riding to get them out to vote. Right. It was like the you know we need to get like if there's 35 percent of people who are always going to vote for us no matter what we need to get those people out. Right. Like he just, he didn't spend any energy on, on the middle. Right. right? If it came, they came. But if you knew you were going to get your 35% out and that's such a perversion. Yes. Right. Like it's amazing when you look at a show like Battlestar Galactica, mm-hmm. there's only like 48,000 humans left. That's right. And they insist 
on maintaining, you know, the pre, um, Laura Roslin's the Secretary of Education, and she's like one millionth on the line of succession. 40th, I think, is, is the thing, yeah. yes. And it might as well be a million at that exactly, point. Exactly, yeah. So she doesn't even get, you know, she's not in the inner cabinet at no. this point. Uh, and so she's president. And they go through, you know, all the travails of the series. And, you know, I think it's hard, kind of hard to keep that up. And it would be so easy just to lose that and go, you know what, this is a science fiction show. Like, we only got so many people left. Uh, they don't have time to worry about this. But mm -hmm. they actually sort of made a point in the show of yes. worrying about that and showing what happened, you know, even when, yep. when like, good, good characters didn't respect that how quickly it began to break down exactly. the norms in the survivors. Exactly. And I mean, of course, there's the, you know, uh, it's in season one where Commander Adama thinks it's ridiculous that, yeah. that they're having this. And he, he basically has a coup, but then he realizes, see, he understands, oh, I shouldn't have done this. Yeah. Uh, and there's that great, great quote where he says, you know, the military shouldn't be the police because the police are supposed to protect the people from internal threats and the military from external. And they, they, they shouldn't be doing, you know, um, it's interesting if when you watch the original Battlestar Galactica, uh, the Adama character played by Lauren Green actually says it's ridiculous to have a civilian government right now. Like he, there's there's an episode where he actually says that because um, the um, the Council of Twelve wants to have a meeting with him. And he's right. like, well, who the hell are they? I'm the military governor of the whole fleet. Um, and everybody's and, and, it, and it's presented as, oh, obviously. Well, that's obviously yeah, the right. Go, you guys go debate. Yeah. And pass resolutions. Yeah. I'm in charge. That's it. I have to go back and watch that. But you know, the you know Lauren Green's so nice, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. why, why wouldn't you just say, let Commander Adama take care of it? That's right. It'll be, it'll be fine. Don't, yeah. don't don't worry about it. Haas will show up as well. Everything will be great. Yeah, yeah it, it's. I I don't know. I wonder if the genie can be put back in the bottle with all this. I. I mean, look. After World War Two, mm -hmm. um, there was. The the internment camps were taken down. Uh, Japanese people w went home, but they didn't. I don't think get all their stuff back. No. Um, after World War II, the surviving Jews in Germany went back home. Many of them went to Israel. I, I, I wonder, Joe, wonder why they'd feel uncomfortable in Germany. But a lot of them, they didn't get their stuff back. It involved no. years and years and years of, of lawsuits and, and, and investigations before people got you know, some of their possessions back. Um, uh, and, you know, people did show up at, 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 you know, at their apartments or whatever. And no, I, this isn't yours. I live here now. It's like, yeah, but this was mine. And it was taken by the state. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. Now, of course, those are much more intense things than, well, maybe. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The, the genie in the bottle thing is good because, you know, because one of the things we hope we learned from 2016 is the lesson of, you know, bots and, you know, uh, yeah. Cambridge Analytica and the rest of it. And I, hmm. I feel like, now I don't pay as much attention to Facebook as it maybe did four years ago. I don't think I do either now. And, and Twitter, like, I feel like, and then I saw some news about the um, uh, U.S. Army's cyber warfare group was doing some preemptive stuff. And I, I think right. we kind of got big tech thinking about this. And, I hope and, so doing some more preventative stuff but right. it, it's almost in a sense it's almost moot because everyone's just on, in their own bubbles you know myself included exactly. on yeah. social media platforms uh hearing news from 
you know, my group of sources mm-hmm. and that kind of messaging so that it's almost like the, you know, mission accomplished in 2016. He's got everyone to distrust every, yeah. you know, like the fact that we have to deal with like QAnon <laughs> believing candidates. Yeah. And I'm sure we're going to see this in Canada. Oh, we too. are. You of know, it's just like really, there's such a desire in this age to believe in giant, massively complex conspiracies that would take so much more effort than simply you know yeah exactly like, this is just the way the world works like bad things happen and you know not that you don't always get your way and sometimes you you got a president you don't like you know it's all got to be some kind of scheme and it's like oh my god like it's so much energy just to get things accomplished <laughs> at work on a daily basis i have no idea how anyone I know. would run you know a pedophile <laughs> Pizza Hut or pizza base pizza establishment. I know basement dwelling conspiracy like and harvest the blood of children and harvest the blood of children. Like it's, it's yeah. again like these these historical sort of slurs, right? Like the the yeah. blood the blood libel. libel. Yeah, exactly. It's like oh my god, and like you know that comes from things like the uh, the protocols of the elders of Zion, which were written. By the Russian secret police. Yes. It is, in fact, state misinformation. It's fake news, yeah. Still living with from the beginning of the 20th century. Like, it's just like, it was like people last night on CBC going back to Americans at the CBC had interviewed in 2016 talking Mm -hmm. about whether or not they were still vote for Trump or not. And when they said, people said, well, you like, you know, you feel he's a better moral choice, whatever, even like, despite the porn star thing and all the rest of it. Well, I don't know if I can trust that news. Like, I'm like yelling at the TV. It's like, you don't even have to trust the news. These are public court documents. Like, yeah. courts of law have decided this. Yeah. And, you know, Stormy Daniels, Stephanie Clifford has received damages, you know, because she won her lawsuit. Yes. Like, it's not even a news story. It's a matter of judicial fact. Yeah, I know. And everything is, like, yes. It's like, I, you know, it's like at some point I was, I said, you know, I wish people just say, look, I don't want to go find out stuff. I just am choosing to believe this. Like, just be <laughs> completely upfront. I said, it doesn't matter what you're going to say or prove. I've chosen to believe this particular story. Yep. And I cannot be moved. Yeah. You know, unless, even if the sun fell on me, <laughs> you know, I, I won't be moved. I know. I just, I, it's I, just, it's just so... <sighs> The idea that people can just, it's so foreign to me, the, the notion of saying, oh, well, that's just not true. When it's yeah. something that's demonstrably true, right? Yeah. It's like saying, you know, two and two is four. Well, I don't, I don't believe that. Well, you see, your, your belief, and this is, this is funny because the side that is constantly yelling about how you, facts don't care about your feelings uh, care a lot about their feelings and don't care about facts. And it's, to me... Um, as someone who works trying to educate people and teach them critical thinking, in fact, the most important thing I hopefully teach people is critical thinking. I, I don't really care if they remember the content of the courses I teach them five years from now, unless they go on and do what I do. Yeah, um, it's not it's not important. I mean, you get a degree in something, you've learned a whole bunch about something. Uh, then you, the the way it works now is different. You know, it's. But if I've taught them how to critically think, that's good. Um, and it really upsets me that people. Um, now, I don't run into them. I don't run into them at the university. Uh, though I do know there is an anti-masker Trump-supporting faculty member at Western in the psych department. <laughs> um, my daughter told me, and I said, oh, he's been an asshole for 30 years. 
<laughs> so it doesn't surprise me. But yeah, I, I um, it's very weird, and and it's it's disheartening. Hopefully, something good happens tonight or in the next little while. Uh, hell, even Richard Nixon in 1960 uh, conceded. Uh, yeah. you know, and some Nixon can, Nixon could have fought that, by the way, and probably would have found the somewhat irregular things happening in Illinois. Yeah, you know. Um, so we were lucky that he had Eisenhower watching over his shoulder too. I'm sure Ike wouldn't have let him. Yeah, that's that's probably true, right? Um, but, you know, he's you know Ike wasn't perfect, but you know. <laughs> yeah, I think you'd be a better role model for Nixon than some other past or current presidents. You know, like it, it was just yeah. Again, it, it's it's the norms. I, I I often wonder sometimes at some science fiction that where they don't really get into the government stuff like yeah. like Star Trek. But yeah. I think of other things like altered carbon and, and mm-hmm. where it's so big that it's it's it, it's it's almost beyond the small smaller scale story that you you want to tell because it's things have expanded so massively and and, and that reminds me just going back to um start of disco and the burn like there's an example of federation was kind of founded on some kind of and and earth was sort of fixed became more of a utopia because of, of giant advancements and then yes. first contact and all that something that was sort of beyond the normal experience and then the burn seems to be like you know, it was sort of the answer to the question: What could happen yeah. that, in an instant, could break the Federation? Right, and it relies on that connective tissue. Mm-hmm. Not unlike, you know, we've seen, you know, empires like Rome have great connective tissue for a certain amount of time, and then we still have many of their magnificent roads. So we can only imagine how much, how good it really was. But it, things ossify, and they're. Yeah. You know they're they're disregarded and people begin fighting over things and then, you know the the center does not hold. So it feels like the burn is an interesting experiment to say, well, you know, if you had this utopia that listen, her hundreds of years was on this sort of progressive upward trend, and then we did something terrible to it, mm-hmm. how would it react? So that's interesting. I think there's a little bit an an element of that in Lower Decks where yeah. you get the element of of People explain, well, the Federation's really good at going out and making contact and, you know, setting things up. They're not so good at tending things yeah. after the fact, which is where, you know, the sausage really gets made. Exactly. Right. And that's, I think that's the part of the challenge we face with these things is that, you know, we inherit or we are inheritors of some, you know, great decisions in the past and some not so great decisions, but some structures that have, you know, post World War II mm-hmm. in Canada, for example, for, you know, all our different forms of uh, of assistance and healthcare and all that. It's mm-hmm. so easy, I think, after a few generations to like to begin to spin apart again. Like you had yeah. this huge event that made a bunch of terrible things happen, and then a bunch of other things possible. And now it's sort of no one can sort of handle the banality of not yeah. having that i mean there's no i don't know i hate to say that history is like you know these these you know crisis and and then invention but it does sort of feel like we're a little bit bored with (laughs) you know how how good we we've had it and how and maybe not interested in doing the work to make that better 
it's 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 easier just to to let it to, to just go into your your corner and let it fall apart. Yeah, I think that's right. And while that is a sad and somewhat depressing but also realistic note, we maybe should end now. Sure. Um, but I think we covered a lot of ground tonight. I hope that things turn out the way you want if you want Biden to win. Um, yeah. <laughs> I really oh, and, Yeah, and before we go, I have to yes. say I have to request to my daughter that Mitch McConnell is a little bitch. Good. So, Mitch, Mitch, it's time for you to go, you little bitch. There you go. I agree. I, I, I think um, I, 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 I could not have put it better. Um, <laughs> Ken, where can people follow you on the internet? Uh, at Ken Herndon on Twitter, all uh, one word. Okay. You can follow me on uh, Twitter at DBroadback. I'll be ranting and raving, fueled shortly by a great deal of alcohol, uh, because it is election night. It's also Tuesday. Um, and uh, <laughs> you can also find uh, podcasts I do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, broken area broken dash area.com uh, you can find uh, let's see what's another one I don't know best episode ever.com and a new one I've been doing recently with Steve Cloutier about Madman uh, Sterling Cooper David Steve scdspodcast.com we talk about Madman I've watched it 17 times he's watched it well he's watched now eight episodes so it's a lot of fun uh, on that note let's hope let's I, I'm gonna play I'm gonna if I can find it I'm gonna clip in that thing from Babylon 5 I talked at the, at the beginning and we'll see you next time everybody no, Thanks but everyone. how many people actually belong to the Nazi party, the Communist Party, the Jihad Party? A very small number. But there were always plenty of other people who were happy to do the work for them. And others afraid enough to let it happen. In order for them to take power, they'd need an army. You're still laboring under the notion that people take power. Nobody takes power. They're given power by the rest of us because we're stupid or afraid or both. The Germans in 1939, the Russians in 1917 and 2013, the Iraqis in 2025, the French in 2112, they handed over power to people they thought could settle scores, get the trains running on time, restore their prestige. They did it because it was what they wanted. Afterwards, like children who have eaten too much candy after dinner, they denied it was their fault, and it was them. <laughs> always them today president clark has the power and we gave it to him because we're afraid of the aliens and afraid of ourselves